Internet banking. It's been around longer than you think. How long? Try 1999. But the massive twin evolutions of technology and customer expectation mean no standing still. So how can operations by way of technology keep up and stay ahead? To find out, we'll be talking with Nicole Lorch, Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of First Internet Bank. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the Managing Editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It is wonderful to have you here with us today. And in the studios by way of Indianapolis is Nicole Lorch. Nicole is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of First Internet Bank. Nicole was appointed COO of First Internet in January 2017. In her current role, she works across the bank's business units to advance strategic initiatives and support the bank's continued growth and expansion. She has direct responsibility for First Internet's retail banking, marketing, IT, compliance, and HR functions. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And Nicole, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Lou. I'm a longtime listener first-time caller. Wow. (laughs) And today we have a prize just for you. One of the issues that comes up with the internet is trust. Tell us how you have addressed the trust issue to really build confidence in your customers. Lou, I think trust is earned in what I call moments of truth. In banking, something is always going wrong. A check clears for the wrong amount, a debit card transaction is declined when the balance is more than adequate. And those difficult moments really give us an opportunity to make or break the relationship. I was just having a conversation with a colleague the other day about how word of mouth is more crucial than ever before. We look at reviews before we purchase something on Amazon. And even if we don't know the other people who bought it, we will trust 3,000 five-star reviews, even ahead of perhaps our own experience in the past. Fantastic point. And that raises the issue beyond trust of building and deepening relationships. How are you doing that through First Internet? I think back to when I was in school about 100 years ago and business school professors (laughs) would talk about the four P's of marketing. In fact, I, I don't even know if place exists as one of those pillars. But Thinking about the framework of four P's, I like to think about three P's of service that we offer to our customers, which are presence, personalization, and proof. Presence, we make it clear that we're here for our customers. We have an online account opening process, but then once that's complete, we reach out to those new customers by phone, even if they opened online, to thank them for choosing us. And we don't hide behind our website. In fact, we bring our teams front and center to the site. We post names, photos, and direct contact information of our customer-facing staff on our site. In real time, you can even see if they're available to take a call or have an online chat. Then two, we personalize the customer experience. Our customer's success is our success. I think in certain environments, customer service staff or call center staff are incented to close tickets quickly, which can leave you feeling like you're just a number. And we listen. We encourage our customer service representatives to move beyond basic problem solution interactions 
and instead provide educational guidance helping the customer to achieve their goals. And I think, too, there's an element of anonymity with online banking. So rather than sitting face-to-face with a representative at a desk, they're contacting us by phone or by online chat and not having to you know, stare down someone who may be judging them. They're more inclined to open up to us and give us the true situation. And then three, proof. We prove ourselves in those moments of truth when things go wrong. In fact, I was just reading a BAI report that showed a customer who experiences a satisfactory interaction with a call center is 14 times more likely to be engaged with their bank. So it's imperative that we create those satisfactory interactions. We can train someone how to use a system and we can teach them banking regulations, but we can't train kindness and we can't train empathy. Even if Joe in the wire room isn't client facing in his roles, his actions or inactions can have a significant impact on the customer. I love the notion of kindness and empathy. They may be described as soft skills by some, even in an age of analytics more so. But when you think about it, that's what customers want. The way they are treated really makes a difference. Without a doubt. Now, The project of building First Internet took years and years, in fact, dates back to 1999. Tell us a little bit about how that building process worked and what you learned along the way. In the late 90s, our founder, David Becker, had this idea to create an online-only institution. The idea came to him when he was watching his teenage son just while away hours and hours on the internet. David was not a banker by trade. He was a fintech entrepreneur and had worked around financial institutions and had been delivering solutions to them for 20 years, but he had never actually helmed a bank. So he started to wonder, what if? What if a bank could live entirely online and serve its customers directly rather than through that costly branch structure? And what if customers could act as their own private banker on their own schedule, now more so than ever? I can't imagine trying to get somewhere between the hours of nine and five. He put together a focus group of friends and family, and they were sitting around his kitchen island, and he asked them, if you were going to create the perfect bank for you, what does that look like? And those ideas became First Internet Bank, which then opened to the public in 1999. So at the time of our launch, we were the first state-chartered, FDIC-insured institution to operate without physical branches. Today, we're about $3 billion in assets. In 2016, we were the second fastest-growing bank in the country in terms of organic growth. 1999. That is a long history on the Internet. Then we fast forward to 2007, and Steve Jobs introduces the very first iPhone, I'm not about to suggest a name change here, but First Internet Bank could also be First Mobile. How have you negotiated the tipping point where so much banking has moved to mobile to maintain the high standard of business you have? I think it's very important to look for partners who bring solutions that are as customer-focused with digital capabilities as we are customer-focused in terms of the service we provide. So be able to put the bank in that customer's pocket. Now, mobile deposit capture, no question, has been a game changer because one of the biggest questions we always used to get was, well, how do I get money into the bank? So we were able in, I think, 2009 to offer desktop capture so a customer could use a desktop scanner 
but then to roll out mobile capture has been really important for our organization. If you were to talk to a banker, what would be some of the key points you would stress in terms of your learning journey that they would want to take a serious look at? We always try to put ourselves in the customer's shoes so that we can identify where the pain points might be. We also ensure that we have good feedback between our client-facing teams and our product development teams. Now, our organization, that's fairly simple and straightforward because we are primarily in one facility and we have a couple hundred employees. But as organizations start to scale, I understand that can become a little more complex. But making sure that we get those learnings back from the customer and the requests that they're making but then also trying to innovate and take a look beyond what just the customer asks for. I love the quote from Henry Ford that, you know, if he had just asked customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. So rather than always taking a customer request at face value, trying to get to the root cause of why they're asking for that so that we can make sure the products and services we're delivering go beyond their expectations. A lot of banks have chosen to keep their brick-and-mortar locations. How do you address that challenge of being able to bank without the physical location? I think there is that need when you go to a website to establish, we have real people here. We used to get that question a lot in the early days. Are you working out of someone's garage? Are you in your pajamas right now? And so being able to put the photos of our employees helps consumers see that there are real people here. So I know it's always funny when a customer will call and they say, well, you're really the Beth who's on the website and she can assure them that she is. But also the idea of the reviews that are available online and helping to establish credibility as an institution because others have banked with us. They can see what their experience has been and we do work to share those testimonials And then services that customers may not have thought about before. When we rolled out in 1999, we were one of the first organizations to offer ACH to the consumer. I think people are used to getting direct deposit, but they hadn't thought about using ACH as a way to transfer money. So we've always offered ACH transactions. So if a customer really insists on maintaining a local relationship, They can go to their local branch, make a deposit, and then use ACH to transfer funds to our financial institution where they're almost always going to get a higher rate of return. You mentioned relationship. If it's any indication from this interview today, you are so relatable. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Nicole Lorch is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of First Internet Bank based in Indianapolis. You can look for Nicole on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, internet banking does not mean impersonal banking and trust comes in moments of truth. Consider reaching out by phone to thank your new customers. Post names and photos of your staff members and their availability to talk over issues and questions. Customer success is your success. Truly listen. Get past the anonymity. Number two. As you build your internet bank operation, remember the three Ps. Presence, personalization, and proof. 
Presence means letting customers know that you're more than just a computer screen. Personalization means assigning bankers to specific customers to build a level of trust and familiarity. And proof means that when things go right, you can verify it. In fact, when customers have positive interactions with banks, they are 14 times more likely to build on that and keep coming back. And number three, put yourself in the customer's shoes, especially if you're operating in the cybersphere. That means identifying pain points by bringing in customers to watch how they interact with your technology. Then innovate because it may be more than what your customers tell you that they want, but an opportunity to create something that they would never have expected before that solves the problem. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. Here, Nicole Lorch talks about how being assigned a thankless task in her banking career actually led to a breakthrough. It was 2006, and I hoped and prayed that that would get assigned to another individual in the bank because I had heard the worst stories about core conversions. But I was ultimately asked to lead the conversion Uh, while keeping my other job responsibilities. So I think I allowed myself 90 seconds of self-pity, but then I swallowed hard and I said, okay, if I'm going to lead this conversion, it's going to be the best conversion that this core provider has ever seen. And when you understand the operations of a bank, then that's really the lifeblood of the organization. So the project positioned me to be a subject matter expert, and it increased my profile around the company. So I think that was a really pivotal moment. It is true. You should say yes more than no. Nicole's story has a valuable lesson to teach that even if we wind up with the job we like the least, we're still called to do our best. And for Nicole, that wasn't just about what she learned, but how deep she had to dig to meet the challenge. You could say that tackling the core helped her define the can-do spirit at her core. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. And look for us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. We hope you tune in next week when a new podcast goes up. And you can look for me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.